Hello and welcome back to another episode of Between Sermons, where we are continuing the conversation from our Sunday sermon. Uh, a lot of times Sunday is just, it's a monologue, man. I mean, somebody's standing on a stage talking at a group of people. Uh, and so Between Sermons is all about being able to turn that monologue into dialogue, being able to sit down and actually talk with somebody about what we've been discussing as a church. Uh, as always, you don't have to be a part of the church or have even heard the sermon in order to get something out of this podcast. But uh, I will say this one might be beneficial to you because we are in a series called uh, A Walk Through the New Testament that should probably really be called a sprint through the New Testament because we are covering a lot of ground very quickly. Uh, I had to talk really fast yesterday as we looked at the general epistles. So all the letters written by guys not named Paul. And uh, we came away with some nuggets about how to really live out your faith. And so today I want to continue that conversation with my good friend, David Beasley. How you doing, man? I'm good, sir. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm, uh, I'll, that's a lie. I'm, I'm great, <laughs> uh, but I'm also jet lagged. Mm -hmm. So uh, if my brain just kind of reboots in the middle of this conversation, just chalk it up to, okay. to, to travel. It's, no a, it's all good. No problem. No problem. Uh, I but get you. <laughs> David, I'm excited to have you uh, hang out with us. Uh, you know, you're, you've been a part of CLC for a while now. Actually, when, when did you, what's your, what's your CLC journey? Okay. So my journey, uh, prior to actually coming here, I knew a lot of people that went here, a lot mm -hmm. of friends, uh, acquaintances and things like that. So um, in 2016, I believe me and my wife and my son, he was about three, I think, at the time. Man. We were um, we were looking to transition to another church okay. and things like that. So we looked at a few, and then we said, you know, we said to ourselves, let's go check out CLC. We know some people there, mm -hmm. already have some relationships. So we came out, and we came for one Sunday and never left. <laughs> so that was about 2016. So nice. we've been here for a little while now. Yeah. So, yeah. And you, you guys started off by serving in our youth ministry. Mm -hmm. You did that for a while. Now mm -hmm. you're serving as life group leaders. Mm -hmm. Uh, and pretty much anything I'll throw at you, right? Yeah, whatever you need me to do, whatever you need <laughs> us to do, hey, we fill in the gaps, whatever. Love yeah, Love yes, it. sir. And uh, your wife actually has a book coming out in November? Yeah, she does. What's, November what's 3rd, it drops. Nice. Yeah. What's the name of the book? It's called Dear Sis, You Can Live Free. Nice. So it's just a story about her testimony and an attempt to help others gain freedom. Nice. from whatever may be having them bound or something they may be struggling with. Um, the primary audience is the ladies, but I'm going to tell you as a fella, I read it, mm -hmm. and it, it impacted me. It blessed me too. Okay. So anybody can benefit from it. So, so you don't necessarily yeah. have to be a sis to read Dear Sis. Exactly. You yeah, right. you could just put bro. Dear bro, dear you can bro. look for it. Yeah, <laughs> whenever you read it, just put bro if, you, if you're a guy. So Nice. Yes, sir. Where can they pick up the book? Um, it'll be available on Amazon. Sweet. Um, as well as other outlets. Yeah. Uh, my wife also has her own website and everything, so it'll be available there as well. And we plan on having a release um, here, actually, a COC, November 3rd. Um, it'll be available there as well. So, nice. yeah, we're excited about that. We're excited. Pretty cool. It's yeah. good stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, we're doing this, uh, this series where we're walking through the New Testament. Mm -hmm. uh, we're really, the premise of this is we're really trying to get people to not just read their Bibles, but study their yeah. Bibles, that they would become students of the Word of God. So what does that look like for you? You know, I, I think sometimes people are like, yeah, sure, the pastor, you know, studies and does that stuff. Yeah. But as just, just an ordinary guy, yeah. what, what does studying the Bible look like for you? Yeah, so to be honest, I'm similar to you. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little nerdish as well. So yes. uh, when it comes to the Word of God, I like to I like to dive deep, to be honest. Okay. I'm, um, I like objectivity and 
and, and just really understanding things from a knowledgeable standpoint. Um, so for me, I like to I, I like to dig into the history a lot. So okay. years ago at a former church I was a part of, we did a class on how to study the Bible. Okay. Um, tech, you know, fancy term. It was like, it was a hermeneutics class. Yep. So it, it, ba it basically taught you how to, you know, it was like the art and study of biblical interpretation. So mm -hmm. I like to look at the fact that, you know, you got to understand the history of what's going on, look at yep. the background, see who wrote what, why it was written, which is what we're going through in the series that you're, that yep. you are, that you and all the other pastors are leading. Just understanding who wrote it, why it was written, why the letter or the book was written, and just trying to dive into uh, what, who the audience was and get into the mind of the author. Yeah, yeah. That helps me tremendously because when I do that, I can understand better how to apply it for myself. Yeah. Then I go a little further, like I go into, uh, uh, I go into. Uh, dictionary, Bible dictionary, definitions, yep. repeated words, because I feel like there's an emphasis there when something's repeated. Yep. God is God wants us to to catch something there. I look at I'm not a scholar, but I dabble in, in a little bit of Greek and Hebrew too, concordances and commentaries and stuff like yeah. that. So for me, that's what I do. Now that doesn't happen all the time, right? Because life is life, <laughs> life yeah, be yeah. life. Yeah. Um, but whenever I have time and if there's something that piques my interest, I try to dive in. Yeah. To try to fully understand exactly what's going on. That, what what yeah. tools do you use to help you in that? Because like, yeah. you know, I, I was talking with somebody yesterday after the service that uh, is like, all I have is my Bible. Like yeah. you keep talking about all these other things, mm -hmm. but like all I have is my Bible. What, what should I do? What should I get? Yeah. So first, the Bible is a great way to start. <laughs> That's yeah, right. the primary thing. <laughs> yeah. So if you have the Bible, I would suggest getting a good study Bible. Yes. So for me. I like, you know, the ESV study Bible. It's mm -hmm. called the English Standard um, English Standard Version. version. Yep. There you go. Um, I love that that translation. It helps me understand it better, and it has great notes. Yep. Um, but then there are other good Bibles, other good study Bibles. You have um, the NIV, the NASB. Um, you have the New King James. There are, there are a lot of Bibles out there that are good, that are good study Bibles with a lot of good yep. notes and references yep. that highlight the passages for you. So I'll yep. start there. Yep. Then I go from there to commentaries. So there are a lot of brilliant scholars and theologians mm -hmm. and stuff like that. They've done all the hard work for us yep. over the years. Yep. They've gone to school. They got the credentials. So I like to look at what they say, and I see what they say, see how it highlights a passage, see what it talks about, and then I learn that way as well. So that's a that's a commentary. They have a they have some some they have some commentaries that actually cover the whole Bible. Mm -hmm. They have some that cover books. Yep. So just a whole commentary on Matthew or Mark and things yep. like that. So I do that. Then I'll look at things like uh, a Bible dictionary just mm -hmm. to understand certain words back then. Yep. Because I've learned that um, sometimes the meaning of a word is based on the context in which it's used. So sometimes a word today doesn't mean the same thing it meant then. Yep. And you got to look at the context, you know, just to understand it a little bit better. Um, so you got that, you got Bible dictionary, you got commentaries, concordance. So I look at a concordance. A concordance is the Greek and Hebrew aspect of it. Yep. And um, you know, I look at that as well, and then I, it helps me dive into the meaning of certain words and terms as well, even more so. Um, those are my primary tools. Now, Man, you're such a nerd. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm telling it. you, I'm I similar, I'm similar to you, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's my approach a lot of times. Not all the time, yeah, yeah. but if I'm really diving into something, that's what I do. Usually. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. And, and what's cool is a lot of the things you mentioned, there's free re resources out there for That's it. That's right. Yeah. Like you can go to uh, Bible gateway has access to a lot of those things. Uh, blue letter Bible, mm -hmm. uh, has access to a lot of those things. 
uh, and then man, just go to Amazon, mm-hmm. type in study Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, my three favorite study Bibles uh, that I've got that I use regularly. So I've got a the the first study Bible I ever got was the New Living Translation Life Application Study Bible. Um, it's like this big green. Yeah, green I think one. I did too. It's like that's like the classic. <laughs> yeah, like the everybody green one, yeah. was like the the yeah. big fat green one. Yep. Uh, so the New Living Translation Life Application Bible. Then I picked up uh, one a while back called the Jesus Centered Bible. Okay. So it's uh, I don't even remember what translation it is off the top of my head. It might be NIV, but it's um it's a study Bible, but it focuses on Jesus. So like you're reading in Genesis, and there'll be like little footnotes about where is Jesus represented in these passages, nice. or how does how does what's happening in this story of the Exodus tie into what Jesus is going to do in Matthew? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's really cool because throughout the pages of the entire Bible, you're getting glimpses of okay, here's Jesus, here's yeah. Jesus, here's Jesus. Yeah. So I love that. And then my go-to now, uh, it was actually my birthday present uh, last year. I have a ESV study Bible. Nice. Uh, that's uh, man, that thing's. Yeah. knock somebody out with that thing it's yeah. thick it's a brick yeah that <laughs> thing's big yeah uh but yeah those are my favorites uh and so yeah you can pick those up on amazon mm-hmm. uh, and then like i said bible gateway and blue letter bible if yeah. you want something for free yeah there's other way more expensive options out there like if somebody's like really really serious mm-hmm. logos is probably the yeah. best uh around but it yeah. is it is yeah. pricey i tried yeah. I was like, do I want that or a house? I don't right? know. Right, you know, but. a new car or, you know. <laughs> but it's a great resource. It's it a great source. It really is. And so if you're serious about study, yeah, yeah you, you might need to make the investment. Yeah. Uh, cool. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, are you a highlighter guy? Yeah, sometimes I am. Um, if it really, if something really stands out. I highlight a lot when, it's, when it comes to memorization. Okay. So one of the tools I like to utilize is the, is the art of memorizing scripture. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't memorized like the whole tour or anything, but I try to memorize certain verses just as quick references. Yeah, yeah. So I'll highlight them just so I can always look at them. And then I have Bibles, of course, and I sometimes it's a passage or a book I haven't read in a long time. Or I open it and I say I highlighted this. Yeah. Why? So exactly. so yeah, I go back. Yeah, I, draw, I look at. It, I say oh, I remember. I remember what I may have been going through or why I did it. Yeah. So yeah, I do highlight. Yeah. I, yep. I had a cool moment. So we, we just got back from Japan on, on Friday night, and um, I got to take my son with me, his yeah. very first missions trip. And uh, I let him borrow my my original missions Bible. Nice. So I had this, like, really small NIV Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I let him borrow it so we would have something because his Bible's a little too big. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I watched him one day pull out the Bible, and he was flipping through the pages. Well, I highlight like crazy. And I noticed that he was like, he was just reading the highlighted mm-hmm. scriptures. <laughs> and it was like, you know, I'm, I'm, it was kind of a cool moment. It was like, he, he's catching the things that I caught years mm. and years ago. Yeah. Uh, and so, I don't know. I love the fact that like when you, when you highlight a bunch of stuff in your Bible, you could be years later, you're yeah. flipping through and your, your eyes are just going to gravitate towards what you highlighted before. Yeah. And it might spark a memory or a thought yeah. that you had. So yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. a big fan of highlighting. Yeah. My wife makes fun of me though, because I have this little black pouch mm-hmm. with all of my highlighters in it and these little like colored pens and uh-huh. stuff. And she's like, "You're so, you're so extra. You're organized. That's all. <laughs> Thank organized. you. That's, I get you, bro. I Man, you. I need you to explain <laughs> things to my wife. Yeah, I get it. You're, you're just organized. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's all right. So this series, man. Uh, so you had to listen to me twice yesterday. Mm-hmm. Right, because you were you were you hosting online? Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah. So uh, if if yeah. people recognize your face, it's probably because yeah, online. You're, you're yeah, online. I know that guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you had to listen to me twice. Uh, what was that like? As we because we looked at eight books of the Bible mm-hmm. in thirty five minutes, 
uh, I had some people afterwards saying, man, it was like trying to get a drink of water from a fire hose. Yeah. Was it too much? Um, I wouldn't say it was too much. I understand that you wanted to compact it. It's a lot of info. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> one thing I would say is you did a great job at – see, when I hosted online, I said something. I said uh, there's a term called make it make sense. Okay. And, and, and Brent has a good job. He does a good job at making it make sense. So even though it was a lot to digest, you did it in a way that was uh, harmonious and it made sense. Okay. So you pulled out certain aspects. What I liked the most is that you actually picked out like you, you, you talked about the fact that we should love God and love others from from this, from what this author said. And then you attached it to what James said about, you know, faith without works is dead. How, mm -hmm. you know, we love God and we love others. But we got to see it. Yeah. And then you, 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 you continued on. So you brought it together and it meshed well. So um, even though it was a lot of info, I, I believe you handled it pretty good. And you, and you taught it in a practical way for us to digest. And you piqued interest. So now, for me at least, I would say, yeah, I want to go in and dive into those books and see what they're about and see how harmonious it is. Because the Bible was very harmonious. Yeah. And you helped point that out. So man, keep saying all the things that I'm great at. No, it was actually one of the, one of the coolest compliments I got was uh, I just heard it this morning, but somebody yeah. said uh, it made them want to read their Bible more. There you go. And I was like, look, if, if, if I can just encourage people or challenge people or inspire people to just want to read their Bibles, mm -hmm. man, I'm okay working myself point. out of a job. Like I don't mm -hmm. have to tell you about the Bible if you already read it for yourself. Nice. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Cool. I like it. So, uh, what, which kind of hit there at the end is uh, what we really want to talk about today. Because what I, what I warned our people yesterday was that we're not going to be able to to do justice to this. Like right. I'm just going to give you all kinds of information, and it you're kind of it's up to you to do something with it. Yeah. Whereas usually, like our sermons at CLC, we try and build to an application, right? The, yeah. the, we we always want to make sure that we're giving somebody something to do with their faith. Uh, we don't want to just, you know, fire you up and you're like, you run out of church. And you're like, that was awesome. I have no idea what I'm supposed to do now. Right, right. Uh, we don't ever want to do that. And so we always try and build to application. Uh, and so yesterday, because we're covering so much, I mean, we're looking at the general epistles. So we're looking at uh, uh, James, uh, well, Hebrews, James, 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and Jude. That's that's a lot of writing. Yeah. Um, and so trying to, like you said, make that plain, make that make sense, uh, what what we did is we kind of combi compiled it into a, a statement, so to speak. I think it's actually like three sentences. Uh, so a paragraph of this is what it means to live out your faith, right? And I think that that's, that's vital for all of us, right? I mean, we pray a prayer, we make Jesus Lord of our lives. Mm -hmm. Now what? Yeah, like right. what, what is actually being a Christian look like? What right. does it mean? You know, because I think for some people, we were talking about this before the show started, like, you know, Bible Belt Christians where it's like, yeah, I'm a Christian. Well, what does that mean? Right. Well, my grandma was a Christian. My mm -hmm. great grandma was a Christian. So I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, for a lot of people, it's just it's the box they check. Like I've had conversations with people where they're like, uh, yeah, I'm a Christian. And we'll, we'll ask, like, so what kind? Like what, what denomination? Yeah. And something yeah. like there's kinds. Right. Right. Uh, and it's <laughs> like, wow, you, you really don't know what you believe. Uh, and so we, we want to make sure that when, when people are following Jesus, there's a purpose to it. Like there's, there's something that we're supposed to do. Yeah. And so through the general epistles, mm -hmm. we came up with this statement that is uh, living out your faith means uh, loving God and loving people. But don't just say it. 
show it mm-hmm. uh, when ex when there's opposition to living out your faith from external sources we need to defend our faith mm-hmm. when it's coming from internal opposition so when it's our own heart that's opposing our following Jesus mm-hmm. uh, we need to remember that Jesus is better mm-hmm. and ultimately living out our faith means doing what God created you to do mm-hmm. and so that statement that for me that's that's what it means to be a Christian um, and that's coming from you know so John gives us love God love people James gives us, uh, don't just say it, show it. Uh, Jude gives us external opposition. You got to defend it. Uh, Hebrews gives us internal opposition. Jesus is better. And Peter closes us out with do what God created you to do. So we gave that to everybody on Sunday, but didn't tell them what any of that really meant mm-hmm. or how to, how to live that out. Yeah. So I would love to just kind of have a conversation with you now of, what does that actually look like? And so we'll, we'll take it kind of one piece at a time. Mm-hmm. So what does loving God actually look like? So like Tuesday morning, what is what does loving God look like in your life? Yeah. Um, for me, it would be a, it would be it would be a sense of reverence, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a fear, right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah. And we understand that, that that term fear refers to like a holy awe or like a a reverence or a, mm-hmm. or a respect right. for God, right? Um, a lot of times we associate that to, oh no, God, like, <laughs> and that, so that, there's, a, there's a place uh. for that, I guess. But in this instance, yeah. it refers to uh, respect and being awe of God in light of who He is, right? And for me, that uh, that's where it starts, right? I, I want to respect God. Yeah. I want to respect his uh, his time, <laughs> even though he's eternal. <laughs> but I want to respect him and respect his presence and yeah. respect who he is. Right. So for me, it's just waking up with the with gratitude. Yeah. And thankfulness. Love that. Um, I want to be. I want. I want to show gratitude and be appreciative of who he is. Um, me and my family, we do the prayer every morning as we rush, like every family does. Yeah. But we always. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Right. Yeah. Just just starting the day off with the mindset of God made this day. Yeah. We don't take it for granted. Yeah. Uh, we're going to rejoice and celebrate and be appreciative of it and be glad in it, despite what we may be going through, um, yeah, yeah. regardless of what's happening. Um, so in my heart and in my mind, loving God means reverence, respect, which leads to obedience, which yep. leads to um, displaying what he wants me to display and how he wants me to display it via my words, yep. my actions. But that's what everybody can see. What really matters is my heart, right? Yep. My heart, my mindset, and my thoughts. So I try to center myself that way in him and love him from that way so that it can just reflect. And when obedience happens, it'll automatically lead to the other part of loving people. Yeah. So for me, that's where it starts. Yeah. I say, yeah. And I, I love that because this idea of loving God tied yeah. to gratitude, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, of being in awe of who he is, yeah. I think that's beautiful. Uh, and it, it absolutely does have to lead to that level of obedience yeah. because part of it is so like uh, Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commands. Yeah. And so for a long time, like I tried to find like what is what is it about obedience and love that that makes that go so well together? And I just started thinking about like my wife. So if I really love her, then I'm going to do the things that make her happy. Mm. And I'm not going to do the things that make her unhappy. Well, that's obedience to God. Mm-hmm. Like we, when, when he gives us commands, the commands are because these are things that he doesn't want us doing or it's things that he does want us doing. Mm-hmm. 
And so if I really love him, then I want to do the things that make him happy. And I don't want to do the things that don't make him happy. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like obedience to God is not about a set of rules. It's about a relationship. And, and I don't want to do anything that is going to be offensive to him or anything that's going to break his heart. The same way, like, man, I would never cheat on my wife because I love my wife and I know that that action would hurt her. And so when it comes to this, some people are like, man, just following God, there's too many rules. It's like, man, but if you really love him, they're not rules. Yeah. Like it, right. it's just, it's just, these are the things he likes. These are the things he doesn't like. All right. Like if, if I'm getting my wife a gift, you know, I'm not buying her something that she doesn't like. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy her something that she's going to be like, oh, thank you. I love this. Yeah. And so we, we approach the rules and the obedience uh, to God in that same way. Like we, we just want to give him the gift that he's he's wanting to receive. Yeah. yeah. And that's our obedience. Yeah. Amen. I mean, scripture tells us that um, the, his commands aren't burdensome. Right. right. They're right. not. And I think yeah. that's the issue. Yeah. It's a reason that's in there, because when we hear command, we automatically think of, oh, no, something that somebody's telling me to do something that, that I'm I don't want to do. Right. Yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to yeah, yeah, do yeah. it. Here's a command. And it's going to be a burden because anything you don't want to do is a burden. Yep. Um, in anything you want to do, it's nothing. It's easy. Right. Um, but the commandments of the Lord are not burdensome. Why? Because of the fact that we got to look at who they come from. Yeah. They, cr- they come from the Lord who says, uh, uh, Jesus said what? Uh, come unto me, all you who are weak and heavy laden, and mm-hmm. I will give you rest. Right. Yep. It comes from a God who, who wants us to have peace and rest. And his commands are coming from a heart that wants to see the best for us. Yep. So if we see it from that perspective and, and we we start understanding why we see like the psalmist in the Old Testament. I know we're going through the New Testament, but even though the psalmist would say things like, you know, I meditate on your precepts day and night. Yep. I take delight in your statutes. He even said your rules, right? Yep. Um, it's a reason because his there's safety in the rules. There's safety in that, in those yep. boundaries. 100%. Um, and because of that, if we, if we see it from that perspective and we see it from a loving God who has our best interests at heart, we'll approach it differently. Yep. And even if we look back and say, I mean, we all have to admit when we stepped outside line, outside those lines, we've looked back and said, if I just obeyed God, <laughs> it would have been a lot easier. It would have been way easier yeah. for me. My goodness. Yeah. Now I see God doesn't want us to yeah. have to have the now I see moments, but right. it happens. Yep, and now sure. I see and now I understand <laughs> yep. why you wanted me to do this in the third. Yep. I get it. So my, my best example of that is like when you have a rule for your kid not to touch the hot stove. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's like. Yeah. You know, if the kid's perspective is, oh, man, my dad's trying to control me. Like, yeah, you, you, that's immaturity. Right. Right. And you're going to touch the hot stove. You're going to burn yourself. And then you go, oh, that's why dad didn't set that rule because he's trying to control me or he hates me. He set that rule because he loves me and doesn't right. want me to get hurt. Right. Uh, and, yeah. and I think that sometimes we look at the God's commandments to us or God's rules for us. And some of us will have like an immature heart towards it. Yeah. Uh, and we just got to we got to mature a little bit and mm-hmm. understand the, these rules are from a loving father mm-hmm. to his children. Yeah, uh, they're not rules to keep you from things. It's the rules to keep you safe right. uh, from things. And so, yeah. you know, I get a lot of uh, pushback from people talking about, you know, like sex before marriage. And they're mm-hmm. like, man, you know, it's that's a that's a dumb rule. That's an old rule. You know, mm-hmm. it do- shouldn't apply today. And it's like, man, there's so much out there, even studies done of how much premarital sex can mess you up and mm-hmm. it can hurt and damage relationships uh in the future yeah and so it's like god set up this rule one man one woman for life yeah right and anything that we do outside of that it just it corrupts it yeah 
Yeah. If you really look at it, most of the things we have that address uh, issues in the world are because of things that we stepped outside. Of, we stepped outside of bounds of what God created, yep. right? Yep. So, um, a lot of solutions that exist in the world exist because there are things happening that shouldn't be happening. So, as a result, you know, we got to find a way to fix it, you know, yep. and things like that. So, you know, even if we look back and realize that, like, if, if we if we if we stay within the confines of God's um, laws and or God's uh, you know his his perspective mm-hmm. based on how he wants us to live and how he wants us to operate we can avoid a lot of things that yeah. can draw us in directions that can destroy us so yeah yeah I fully agree yeah all right so that's loving God that's right there's this reverence this mm-hmm. awe this gratitude because I mean God is awesome yep. and Amen. so we should be in awe of him that's right uh, have gratitude towards him and then we we demonstrate, right? Mm-hmm. James says, don't just say it, mm-hmm. show it. So mm-hmm. it's not just saying, God, I love you. Thank you so much. That's that's the saying aspect of it. The showing aspect of it is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow your commands right. and do the stuff that you told. What about loving people? Because yeah. Jesus says, you know, two greatest commandments, love the Lord your God, all your heart, love people. Yeah. So how do we do that? How do um, you do that? We think about how we would like to be loved. I mean, okay. Scripture says... Love, love your neighbor as you love yourself, yeah, right? Yeah. So I would say, one thing I would say as well is, the reason why Jesus said that these are the two greatest commandments. They asked him, yeah, yeah, what's the greatest commandment, right? He says, you know, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. All the commandments are, are summed up into this. Yep. Then he says, the second is likened unto the first. Uh, love your neighbor as yourself. I've realized that if you follow that, you're not going to send. Like you sinning against against God would be less and less. So yeah, if yeah, I yeah. love God with everything I have, I'm not going to want to sin against yeah. Him. It goes, it then it bleeds over into your neighbor. If I love yeah. my neighbor like I love myself, I don't want anybody to harm me. Yeah, yeah. I don't want anybody to lie to me, steal from me, um, uh, belittle me, uh, disrespect me. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I won't do that to anyone else. Yeah. Oh, if I if I avoid that, I'll avoid sinning against both God and my neighbor yeah. if I simply walk in love. Yeah. And it all falls into place. Um, so it looks like just trying to do unto others as you will have them do unto you. Right? That's, that's the beauty of, of Jesus's uh, answer there. Right. Uh, because you could take. So there's hundreds of laws in the Old Testament. Right. But the, the known is like the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. You can actually categorize the Ten Commandments into one of two categories. Loving God. Right. Or loving people. Right. Right. Like have no other gods before me. Mm-hmm. That's loving God. Okay, don't mm-hmm. covet your neighbor's wife. That's loving people, people. right? Like, so like you can go down the list, and all ten will fall into one of those two categories. Yeah, yeah. So Jesus is like, I'm just gonna make it plain for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, you, you know, I know that you're struggling with the 300 plus laws. I know that you can't even follow the ten. Mm-hmm. Let me just make it so that there's just two. Mm-hmm. Love God, love people. Yeah, amen. It's br- brilliant. Yeah. Jesus and it, and is so yeah, awesome. He's brilliant, <laughs> and it looks differently depending on the situation. Yeah. But if the aim is love. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. Yeah, yeah. That's the goal. So, yeah. I so what does that look like in action for you? How, how have you been going about uh, loving your neighbor as yourself? I would say trying not to, uh, you know, uh, not just looking out for my own interests, okay. but intentionally looking out for the interests of others. So mm-hmm. um, in my life, there's a life group that I'm a part of that me and my wife are a part of um, called Grace Collective, a uh, great group of, of individuals, and I'm very encouraged by it. Um, recently we had a Bible study. We were talking about the fact that, uh, 
that there's, you know, the Bible says uh, in, uh, when it talks about let your reasonableness, your reasonableness be known to everyone, mm-hmm. um, be reasonable. Um, and something about that helps you control y- your mind. <clears throat> it helps you control your thoughts and how you think towards individuals. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I looked at the word reasonableness and it said re- to be reasonable means to not just look out for your own interests, but actually make sure you look out for the interests of others and make sure everybody else is taken care of as well. Not yeah. just you. Yeah. That helps you look at your life in perspective. Yeah. And that's freedom and looking out for the, he- the, for the interests of others. Yep. So when you see other individuals who need assistance, need help, yep. it causes you to look at yourself and say, why am I so, why, why do I complain so much about my life? Yeah. Why do I, why do, why is it always woe is me? I have so much in, going for me, so much so I'm able to bless and help somebody else in need. Yeah. Um, being reasonable is a way that I can look at somebody else and say, you know what, I'm okay. Yeah. This didn't go my way, so what? I didn't get this. What's the big deal? Yep. I have the ability and the resources to bless my brother and sister right here who needs help and help them in their life so that they can see Jesus because ultimately that's yep. why I want to do it. Yep. So I can point them to the one who gave me the ability to do it. Yep. Um, and that helps me walk in love even more so than yep. I could if I was just simply looking at myself yeah. and feeling sorry for my own situations. Yeah, because the Bible even says that people will glorify God because of the good works you do. Amen. Right. And so I, I think it breaks down to, I mean, the simplest form for me is the three T's, right? Yeah. Uh, time, treasure, talent. Nice. Right. So uh, how am I using my time to love others? Right. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that just becomes uh, being available for somebody. Yeah. Right. Like I was, I was talking to somebody here recently, they're a friend, uh, but they were going through some stuff and they were like, look, I didn't want to tell you about it because you know, I know you're busy. I know you got a lot going on. Like I had to stop and be like, look, friendship is about being there for each other and so it doesn't matter how busy i am it doesn't matter what i have going on like i'm i'm here for you so mm-hmm. when you need something like i was mad at them i was like yeah. you better tell right. me <laughs> that you need something right, right? right. so I'm, I'm making myself available so I'm, I'm i'm using my time uh to to love others and and that may be you know sitting and talking with somebody that may be answering the phone at two yeah. o'clock in the morning yeah. uh even though you're like man i don't want to talk mm-hmm. to this person right now um so you're using your time Use your talents, right? You got a skill, you got an ability, you got something. Look, I'm all for entrepreneurship and yeah, make some money off of that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there should also be time in your life where you're using your talent just to serve, yeah. just to love others. It's like, look, I, I could get paid for this thing and maybe I will get paid for this thing from some other people, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna give this away for free to you right. because you need the help. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got a friend that's a great car mechanic. He gets paid as a mechanic. But every once in a while, there's somebody broke down on the side of the road. He pulls over to help him out. And he doesn't say, hey, you know, at my mechanic job, I charge uh, $85 an hour. So how much are you going to pay me for this? No, he just he just pulls over and helps somebody change their tire. Right. Like he's using his talent to serve. Uh, And then the last one is treasure, which is probably the one that most people don't want to use because it's your money. money. Right. But it's it's look it's it's little things right like just demonstrating love for somebody buying them a meal buying them coffee right uh you know buying them a gift just some way of of communicating uh you love somebody right like i i came back from uh from japan with a few gifts for people just to to say hey look i just want you to know i love you i'm thinking about you uh i love my son this is one of those proud proud dad moments Mm -hmm. like uh actually you guys blessed him for for some fun money yeah. <laughs> uh, while he's in Japan. So thank you for that. Yeah, of course. Uh, but no he problem. took some of his fun money and he's like, I got some friends back home that I want to, I want to bring a gift to. 
And so like he he went to like three different stores trying to find the perfect gift for each of his friends. And like, it wasn't just, I'm gonna buy whatever for everybody. It was, this is for this person because I know what they like. And this is for that. And so like he he brought back gifts for each of his friends. It was very personal that had a connection. And like, I love being able to see that even in kids, but as adults, we need that too. Where we say, I'm gonna take my my treasure, the thing I've worked so hard for, I'm gonna give it away. You know, since we telling kids stories, <laughs> my son. You know, recently we had to. Uh, so there was a, there was somebody who needed help moving. Um, they needed some things moved from one place to a storage, and I was called to. You know, some I was, somebody reached out to me to help. So I said, okay, let's do it. So I told my wife, I'm gonna get Neo to come with us. You know, he, mm-hmm. you know, just to, so he can see what yeah, it's like yeah. to serve yeah. and help somebody in need. And I, you know, I got him up. He was like, okay, okay, you know. <laughs> Saturday morning, who wants, you know, he wants to lay back, play right. video games. With uh, Bennett. With Bennett, with your son, son. <laughs> right, <laughs> on the screen all day, FaceTiming. <laughs> so um, he comes he comes along. About halfway through, he looks at me and actually says, now I didn't even feel this way, I'll be real, I didn't feel this <laughs> way. He looked at me and said, this is fun. <laughs> and I said, this is fun? I said, it's fun, yeah. Got different, said, so I, different definitions yeah, of fun. <laughs> I, I said, Oh, it's fun because we're helping somebody who needs help. He was like, yeah, it's fun, you know, to help somebody. I was like, okay, that's good. And me Love the it. me trying to teach him something. Yeah. He taught me something. Yeah. I'm learning a lesson at this moment from my own child um, that serving, what, he, what is uh, giving is, is, a, is, more, is more of a blessing to give than to receive, yep. right? Giving of time. Mm-hmm. Yes, monetary giving, of course, but also giving of time, resources, yep. and energy mm-hmm. to situations and yep. individuals mm-hmm. who need it. Yep. That's a blessing. Yeah. And even to hear that from him was very encouraging. Yep. Um, so, yes, it's, it's a different perspective that you get when you see that in the eyes of your children. Yeah. It hits you a little differently. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Most controversial one of everything we're going to talk about. This is so all of the New Testament writers pretty much address false teachers. But Jude, his entire letter is just addressing false teacher. Yeah. Like it's it's this is the problem. We're going to address it straight on. But. The reality is there is external opposition to our faith. Yeah. Uh, and, and you're going to be trying to live for God, and somebody's going to come into your life and, and say, that's stupid. Uh, somebody's going to come into your life and say, but Jesus isn't real. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just a fairy tale. You're going you're gonna to be on the Internet, and some atheist is going to try and argue with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even worse than that, there's going to be somebody that claims to be a Christian that's going to be really a false teacher. right? They're going to manipulate people. They're going to take scripture they're going to twist it uh right there's this whole movement of progressive christianity Mm -hmm. right now which is just hilarious to me because christianity can't be progressive like it it is what it it is is. like it it doesn't change if if christianity is changing there's a problem with your christianity because it's based on who god is and god doesn't change so like this this whole concept of like there's like the the woke TikTok Christianity movement okay, yeah. and stuff and all it's this. A lot happening. Yeah. There's there's so <laughs> many attacks and this, maybe I spend too much time in that world. <laughs> uh, so I just I feel like there's all of this false doctrine, false teaching, all of these attacks against what we believe that are coming from the outside. And uh, what what Jude says is we have to contend for the faith, mm-hmm. uh, which that's not really language we use very much, right? Yeah. To contend for something, mm-hmm. but it, essentially it means to fight for it. Mm-hmm. Right. And super clear, that doesn't mean pick up a gun or right. a sword, uh, but it means don't just roll over and let somebody corrupt scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, call them out on it. Like you, you've, you've there is a level of confrontation that should happen 
with Christianity when you're defending your faith. Now, mm-hmm. Jude tells us to do it with mercy, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, you're not just going off there, you know, I'm going to tell you how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But finding the right way to, to actually defend your faith. Have you, have you run into any of those situations where, where you're listening to somebody, maybe a preacher, maybe somebody on social media, or you're reading a post and you're like, man, that's not what the Bible says. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> sadly, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Yeah, sadly. Um, so that was a time I used to be really, uh, you know, I was gun ho. You know, I would go. You know, if I see something, I would jump in and be like, "Hold on, no, this isn't." Yeah. Uh, but then I had to realize what I believe it was Peter who said, uh, "Always be ready to give a reason for the hope you believe in." Yep. But do it with gentleness yes. and respect. Yes. So I said, "Okay, David, you got to tap into that gentleness and respect." Yep. Okay. So um, nowadays. I come across these type of conversations just through conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Just trying to have a conversation to, to bring about a mutual understanding, yeah, yeah. Uh, to bring about a mutual uh, respect aspect yep. to it as well, but also being firm on what I believe while trying to do it in a loving, gracious manner, yeah. right? Because one thing I, I realize is a lot of times we're afraid to, to engage with individuals primarily because of what you said earlier. We may not necessarily know what we believe. Yeah. And that's a struggle. Yeah. That's an issue. Um, it's really easy to be deceived really when you don't easy. know the truth. Because a lot of religions bank on believers not knowing what they believe. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of other religions, uh, and no disrespect to anybody, but they simply they, they, they like to approach the whole conversation with a believer automatically thinking, this person don't know what they believe. Yep. So if you're trying to attack the deity of Christ, you want to attack the triunity of God. You want to attack the sufficiency of the scriptures. You want to attack any aspect, the, 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 uh, the, the, how the church is necessary and its purpose. You want to attack any of those things. Yep. Nine times out of 10, they believe a, a believer, a Christian, they don't really have a full grasp yep. on those doctrines. So as a result, we're, we're free game, right? Yep. And a lot of times, a lot of believers would just say, you know, uh, they'll they try to say, just come to my church, which is fine, or just, they're they're getting evangelized. Yep. Next thing you know, they're questioning everything they believe, walking away wondering like, wait a minute, what is this Christian stuff? Um, I remember this this happened to me a long time ago. I was at a barbershop, and I went to this barbershop often. I was probably about twenty, maybe like nineteen, twenty. At this point, I was saved for about three years, I believe. Okay. At this barbershop. Um, they kept playing this video that supposedly was like it was like a conspiracy a conspiracy theory okay. video, yeah. and everything in it was interesting because all conspiracy theories are interesting. They better that, be, yeah. right? <laughs> um, that don't mean they're true, but they're right. interesting. So I'm looking at the video, and in barbershops, barbershop is free range for all type of conversation. Yeah, yeah. Barbershop talk is a real thing. Yeah. So you're in there, you're listening, and I'm looking at the video, just looking. They're talking about the presidency. They're talking about the government. They're talking about money. They're talking about, you know, how the government is built. They're talking about all types of stuff. <clears throat> Next thing you know, they aim at the church. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there just looking like, huh. And they're talking about how Christianity is a copycat religion and how the story of Jesus was stolen from other pagan myths and all these things and stuff. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I'm a little shook. At the, I was, yeah, yeah. honestly, like, what in the world? I believe what I believed. But I wasn't prepared for that. Yeah. So as a result, you know, I didn't say anything. I kind of was like, ah, whatever. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, yo, has this been st- like this? With the, yeah. Was Christ- did Christianity hijack something else? And yep. 
Well, to make a long story short, I run into some resources. It was a, it was a, a gentleman by the name of uh, Lee Strobel. He yep. has books on the case for Christ, yep. the case for the resurrection, I believe, the case yep. for Creator, the case for faith. Really, really good. He was a, he was a uh, he worked for the Chicago Tribune. And he was a journalist, so yep. he would he would dive into things head on yep. from a journalistic perspective. Yep. And he started out trying to disprove Christianity. Right. He was atheist. Yeah. He tried to disprove it. His wife became a Christian, drew him in. He said, I'm going to dive into this, and I'm going to prove all this wrong. Yep. Little do we know, that didn't happen. Now he's a firm believer, yep. spreading the gospel. Praise God. So I looked, at to, I looked into some of his writings, and he just, you know, he talked to scholars. He talked yep. to people who were, who, were, who, were, who were brilliant in these areas, and they tore that, that whole argument apart. Yeah. That equipped me. That helped me realize, yep. like, you know what, I can stand firm on this. So from that day on, I literally made it, I didn't intentionally do it, but every time I came across something that seemed to go against the word of God or go against the Christian faith, I, I went at it kind of head on because yeah. I believe God and I believe his word. And I said, I believe God's word has an answer. I believe somewhere there's a solution and an answer to whatever yep. is coming across this, this video or whatever's coming from this individual and I'll find it. Yeah. And by the grace of God, I've been able to find resources and answers to quite a few objections every yeah. objection honestly yeah. that i've ever heard against christianity i've been able to find answers and it strengthened my faith yeah. right tremendously and i needed that so yeah. from a, that's that you know that's a form of, of uh, apologetics yeah absolutely and, uh, and yeah. i think we're, we're going to end up teaching a course on apologetics okay. uh, in life university uh sometime next year but uh man i think that's the thing that more christians need to understand because Sometimes you hear some of those arguments. Like yeah. I think one of them is uh, that the Jesus story is the same as the Horus uh, yeah, story in yeah, Egyptian yeah, uh, yeah, mythology, yeah. and like they'll lay out this claim, and if if you don't know what you know, you're sitting there listening to him and going, "Man, I think he has a point there." Like, right. wow, like that's, oh man, I didn't, I never saw that before, and you can easily be swayed. The funny thing is, once you look into it, once you understand the full argument and our stance against it, like somebody makes that claim and you're like, dude, that's so stupid. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it's laughably dumb because mm -hmm. it's like, there is absolutely no connection there. Yeah. Right. And, and the, the issue is just, if we don't know, if you don't know. it sounds very compelling yep. when you know, yep. it's really easy to, to yep. refute. Uh, and so it just, it puts the ownership on Christians to, to search, to research, to, mm -hmm. to learn those lessons, to, to know what you know, Right. Mm -hmm. Like John says over and over again, I want you to know that, you know, that, you know, this is how, you know. Amen. Right. And we need to continue that, not just with our salvation, but with all the things that we're believing in Scripture, because right. the reality is, as the Internet became popular, it gave everybody a platform. Yeah. Everybody's got a voice. Everybody's got a podcast. We, we got a podcast. Yeah. Everybody's got a podcast. <laughs> um, and, and so anybody can get on social media yeah. and make crazy claims. Yeah. Anybody can take a, a piece of Scripture. I've, I've said this for years, like. If you don't know context, uh, you can use the Bible to prove anything you anything. want, yep. right? I use a story of, uh, I heard a, a, a preacher was talking with a guy that was in adultery mm -hmm. and the preacher was basically like, Hey, well, this is church discipline time. Like you're, you're openly in adultery. Uh, you need to stop cheating on your wife. Like this is, this is wrong. And the guy says, no, no, no. God told me it was okay for me to cheat on my wife. And the pastor's like, no, he didn't. He's like, yes, he did. Right in his word. He told me that I, it was okay for me to share my wife. The pastor's like, there is no way. The Bible, show me the verse. And he turned to the verse that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
it's like, bro, wow. that's not one of the things when it says I can do all things. He wasn't talking about sin. And, like, Christ, and Christ strengthens you to do it. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. Okay. No, so it's, it, it's but it, it proves this point of like you can take wow. a scripture out of context and use it to say anything. Yeah. Like I've, I've heard some craziness yeah. on uh, TikTok lately mm-hmm. of like people taking a scripture and making a claim. And it's like, dude, you even read the verse before that. Yeah. It proves what you just claimed is false. Yeah. But if all you read is verse seven and you don't read verse six, then it's easy to make that claim. Yeah. Uh, and so we, we've just in order to defend our faith, we have to know what we believe Amen. and why. Yeah. Uh, and so we've got resources out there. Our, our Life University courses on Tuesday nights help our, our church with that. Yes. Um, we're doing a discipleship essentials. Actually, tomorrow night uh, will be well, by the time this airs, it'll be yesterday night. Okay. Um, but uh, Tuesday night uh, this week, we're, we're doing a, a talk about. Uh, discipleship, discipleship essentials. What do we believe and why? Uh, I'm going to talk about the absolutes of Scripture mm-hmm. and interpretations, deductions, and uh, preferences, and what that looks like all together. And so, nice. uh, might want to check that out online yeah. after it's available. But you know, uh, other than yeah. us, we sorry. Uh, other than us, I mean, look up a Mike Winger video on stuff. Mike you know, Winger. Look, yeah. look for Alan Parr. Look for any of these yeah. guys. I don't believe. I I don't agree with everything they yeah. believe. You know, Alan Parr is moving away from uh, charismatic stuff, yeah. and yeah. Uh, Mike Winger uh, has a different view than we do on uh, women in ministry. Mm-hmm. Don't agree with them on every aspect, but man, I, I agree with their uh, dedication to Scripture. Uh, yeah, amen. Uh, and and those are both of those areas are what we would call interpretations, right. uh, and we can have differences in our interpretations. It's our absolutes that need to be in alignment. And so, there's a lot of resources out there. But That's you, you were going to say something. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback on what you said about uh, understanding context, right? Um, I recently, uh, I do little videos and throw them on social media sometimes, and I talked about context, culture, and covenant. I talked okay. about how understanding the Word of God, um, one of the things that helps you understand it is trying to get a basic, nobody has to be a scholar, but having a right. basic understanding of the fact that the Bible has, is broken up into, you know, you have covenant, you have context, you have culture. Yep. These things matter, right? Um, the covenant helps us understand our how, how um, our relationship with Jesus. You know, yep. it helps us understand how we how we uh, are, 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 how we are intimate with Him, how we yep. know Him from a, a relational perspective yep. now under the which, new covenant. Which essentially means yeah. when you're reading scripture, you got to understand what is the covenant. Yeah. Uh, in that scripture. So exactly. is, it, is this the Davidic covenant? Right. Is this the Noahic covenant? Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Because some people just think of Old Testament, New Testament, mm-hmm. uh, Old Covenant, New Covenant. Mm-hmm. But there's actually, uh, depending on how you break it down, there's five or seven mm-hmm. covenants listed in scripture. And so mm-hmm. understanding what covenant mm-hmm. is being described there, it mm-hmm. affects how we interpret that scripture. Amen. So, right. Then you have context, mm-hmm. just to understand what was going on, yep. the meaning, the purpose behind the, the issues at hand, who wrote what, why it was written, what's the context, what's happening here. Yep. Same thing we would do if we got a text message yep. from somebody else. We want to know what's going on, <laughs> yeah. what's the context, yep. but what happened here, what, what's the backdrop, yeah. what's the background uh, or the backstory behind why this is being said. You know, um, Then you have, uh, you have context, you have covenant, then you have culture. Whole different culture from American culture. Yep. A lot of times we read the scriptures through our Americanized lens, and we walk away thinking like, "This don't make sense. I don't understand." Well, you got to look at the culture. Certain there were certain differences then that yep, we yep. don't do today, and things that they yep. did. I say that because, um, unfortunately, sometimes even if you lay that before individuals and you say this is important to understand, some people just don't care. Yeah. And I remember reading, not reading, watching a video of an individual who. He read this, the, some verse in the Bible out of context. 
He said, the Bible teaches this. You Christians believe this? I'm going to read it. I don't care about context. I heard him say that. He said, I don't care. Get that context stuff yeah, out of yeah. here. I'm going to read it. And he just read yeah. the verse. And uh, upon hearing it, of course, it sounds like yeah. you Christians believe. And I sat there and said, you just destroyed your whole argument yeah. because you can't just throw out context. Yeah. That doesn't work with any individual nope. based on any type of conversation anywhere. Yep. Context is king. It's king. Yeah, yeah, it's king. I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah, so I agree with you. Yeah. All right, so that's we got to defend our faith. Got to defend. You can't faith. defend what you don't know. Yeah. Uh, all right. So sometimes though, the opposition to our faith or living out our faith is not external; it's internal. Sometimes it's our own heart, where it's like, look, I know this is what God wants, but man, I really want this. Yeah. Right. I think for guys, a lot of times it's yeah. you know I, I know that God wants me to be faithful to one woman, but man, that girl is fine. Uh, and and we allow our hearts to kind of pull us into a different direction mm-hmm. or, or to say, you know, I know that I'm supposed to put God first in my finances, but man, I really want to grind out this thing and, and be able to, to purchase that Ferrari or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and so what what does it look like when when we're the problem? when we're the one that's actually pulling us away from Jesus? Uh, I love Hebrew solution. Uh, he just says over and over again, Jesus is better. Yeah. Like why, why get distracted chasing after something that's inferior? And I think yeah. that a lot of times we look at, uh, we look at sin things as like sin is pleasurable. Mm-hmm. The reality is if it, if you don't have fun sinning, then you're probably doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it, it it's, you know, <laughs> it should that's be pleasurable, but yeah. it's, it's short term. Right. Very much. Very and so. and long term, yeah. I'm not even talking about heaven hell long term i'm talking just life long term like yeah yeah, that that sin may be gratifying in the moment uh but get a day later get a week later get a month later get a year down the road and you're gonna you're gonna have regrets uh from that thing and it's it's the it's the reality that look jesus is the only thing that doesn't fade jesus is the only thing that is is perfect no matter what scenario so I don't, I don't know how, how deep you want to get, but, uh, yeah. you know, have, have there been times in your life where, you know, it's, it's your own heart. That's like, man, I know I'm trying to follow Jesus right now, but my heart is kind of pulling me in this other direction. And, and what does that look like for you? What do you do in those moments? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm reminded of a psalmist when he says, create me a clean heart yeah. and purify me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and how the heart's deceitful and desperately wicked who yep. can know it. Right. And just trying to understand myself. Yeah. So, you know the old phrase um, t- tonight own self be true mm-hmm. well, you know scripture tells you to examine yourself yeah. to see if you're in the faith right yeah. but um, that, that just te- that just goes to show you that there should be moments of self reflection yeah there should be moments of self reflection and um, similar to how if me and my wife aren't seeing eye to eye and we aren't in a great place at a, at a particular moment I have to step back and look at myself and say David what are you doing what you doing, man? Come on. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> right. You tripping. Let's get back to you. Go apologize, rectify, reconcile. Let's get back on point. Yeah. And the same thing applies even more so to our relationship with God. Right. Mm-hmm. We have to we have to first this this comes along with knowing his word. Right. Mm-hmm. Knowing his heart, knowing yeah. his 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 likes or dislikes to a certain extent, knowing his plan, and his purposes mm-hmm. for us and how he will want us to operate and live. Mm-hmm. So when we step outside of that, we know like based on his word, based on us understanding the, the scriptures, understanding like, okay, God, I know this is not what you want for me. Right. Being sensitive to the spirit, we have to understand, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, mm-hmm. um, and the Holy Spirit will convict of sin, among yep. other things. 
the spirit of God draws us back to him lovingly yeah. and being aware of that. And so, yes, my heart has, has, has swayed in plenty of times in life, especially as a believer. Um, but knowing myself and understanding, understanding where I could, uh, where I could fall and understanding the series of events that can lead to a, yep. that can lead to something terrible. Yep. So, uh, as a, you know, if my heart wanes in some in a certain direction for a certain reason, whether it's financial or whatever the case may be, yeah. um, I have to realize like, okay, I know myself. Yep. I'm gonna stay away from that situation. I'm gonna stand clear of that. Uh, I'm not even gonna let my heart or mind go in that direction because yep. I know what could happen if I do. Yep. Um, Start entertaining those thoughts. And, uh, entertaining thoughts, entertaining whatever, um, entertaining the feelings, whatever the case may be. So having to understand that about myself. And then believe in God. Yeah. He's better. Jesus is better. Um, I was talking to my wife one time and I told her, like, um, one of the things that helped me, uh, bec- one, of the th- one of the things that led to my deliverance in a lot of areas in my life was believing God. Yeah. Believing his word. Like, yep. and it sounds simplistic, yep. but without faith, it's impossible to please him. So yep. I had to realize, God, your word yep. is true. Yep. I really believe this. So a passage I stand on is in Hebrews 4 talks about um we don't have a high priest who can't sympathize with us mm-hmm. but one who was tempted in every yep. respect yep just like us only he did not sin yep. therefore you can approach the throne of grace with boldness to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need yep. that's when the scripture scripture memorization comes in like yeah. just to pull on it right um that passage helps helps me understand a few things one jesus is our high priest yep right he went in before he went into the holies of holies he dealt with it he's our high priest he, he is the final sacrifice yep. so i can go straight to him um he sympathized with with me he understands me yep. he gets me he was tempted in every respect only he didn't sin. So he understands what I'm going through. A lot of times it's God don't get me. I've heard people say, God don't understand. He don't understand what I'm going yeah. through. Jesus, he literally says in his word. He literally. Does. Yes. <laughs> Jesus, uh, he don't get. No, he understands yeah. fully. He never sinned. So if I want to avoid sin, I can go to the one who never sinned in the first yep. place. And then he says, when I do that, I can do it boldly. Yep. We don't have to be timid, passive, fearful, afraid to go before the holies of holies we have direct access because of jesus so that gives me freedom to know i can go right to him as a result he gives you something what does he give you you can find you can approach the throne of of grace to obtain mercy and find grace why just to have it no No. to help in time of need because you're gonna need it i'm gonna need it (laughs) so when my heart is waning i go to jesus okay jesus you feel me you got me i need that mercy i need that grace you got it for me and it works because i'm believing god and standing on his word and that helps me and when i really understand that it keeps my heart in check which as a result keeps my actions in check so that's my process which which is exactly what hebrews tells us to do and the scripture says to fix your eyes on jesus and I think that one of the one of the big problems, I don't know if this is modern Christianity or uh, Western Christianity, this is American culture or what, but we put so much value on ourselves. Yeah. Uh, like, man, I'm just uh, the number of times I hear somebody say, I'm just following my heart. Yeah. And I'm like, Scripture warns you not to do that. Yeah. Like, I hope you understand, like when, when you're like, I'm just following my heart in, in this, like, well, you're an idiot. Um, because <laughs> as gently as I could possibly say that, because the scripture says the heart is deceitful above yeah. all things, right? Oh, like man. do not follow your heart. Don't ever follow your heart. Yeah. Don't follow your heart. Don't because the problem is we're fixing our eyes on ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and the scripture is telling us, don't do that. 
fix your eyes on Jesus. The more we fix our eyes on ourselves, the more we will be led astray by our own wicked desires, sinful desires. Mm -hmm. The more we focus on Jesus, the more we fix our eyes on him. Like, have you ever, you're, you work out a ton. Have you ever tried to run without looking in the direction you're running? No, like that's foolishness, right? Like nobody would do that. Like that's just, that's just dumb. Yeah. Right. And so when you fix your eyes on Jesus, you run towards Jesus. When you fix your your eyes on yourself, you run towards yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, And one of those is going to end up great for you. The other one is going to end up in destruction, uh, which is why scripture tells us to crucify the flesh, deny yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, it's not about what I want. It's not my desires. I'm not sitting on the throne. I put Jesus on the throne for a reason. Amen. Uh, and so when that internal opposition comes, I don't think there's any better advice than fix your eyes on Jesus. Yep. Don't fix your eyes on yourself. Yep. Don't follow your heart. Follow him. That's right. Yeah, I agree. Fully. Beautiful. Amen. All right. We got one last. All right. Man, you ready for this? I hope so. So Peter says, <laughs> do the thing that God created you to do. Okay. So as we're looking at what's what's our guide to living out the faith, mm-hmm. the living out the faith is recognizing God. God chose you, right? Peter says you're a, you're a holy uh, nation. You're God's chosen, right? So, uh, and that, that's kind of a random thing we didn't really talk about in the message, but uh, a lot of people think he's talking about the Jewish people there, but Peter's actually writing to the Gentiles when he says you're a holy nation. He's not talking about Israel. Uh, he's talking about believers. Right. Like you are now a nation. Right. You are like, which is why kingdom culture should surpass uh, any other culture. Right. Like like uh, I'm not a, a, a white Christian. Mm-hmm. I'm a Christian. Right. I'm not an American Christian. I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. Right. And and like we need to make sure that our nation, our national uh, pride is not America mm-hmm. or whatever country. And right. our national pride is Christianity. Mm-hmm. Like we're part of a new kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, that was a total side note. Amen. Uh, anyways, Amen. No, <laughs> back Brent. on subject, Amen. Brent. Uh, so we, we need to be. Um, so as as this chosen people, he created us for a purpose, right? To yeah. to declare the wonders of God right. to people. That that's our job. And then Peter breaks it down further. He gives us another scripture that basically, in a couple of different places, he talks about loving people. It's offering hospitality, but it, it's really it's it's loving others, right? Mm-hmm. Which same echoes John, echoes Jesus, right? So if, if you're going to pursue that purpose that God has for you, mm-hmm. it includes loving people. It includes prayer. He opens up with you know, be alert so that you can pray, right? right? So like as believers, that's our job. Our job is to pray. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're following Jesus but you're not praying on a regular basis. You're not doing the thing you were created to do. Um, And then it it says to serve others, right? And he even talks about, like, if you've gotten this gift, use it to serve others. If you got that gift, use it to serve others. If you've got this gift over here, use it. Whatever gift God has given you, use it to serve others. Uh, And so what does pursuing purpose, what is living out your calling, the thing that God created you to do, what does that look like in David Beasley's life on a regular basis? Um, I would say understanding, um, trying to understand the gifts that God has given you, right? Understanding mm-hmm. the abilities and the gifts, the yeah. passions, and the desires from him that he's given you, right? Yeah. Um, one thing we do here at COC, we try to help people find their giftings, right? To see yep. what they're good at. Yep. So that we can they can utilize that for the, for the glory of God to help build up the body. But also in the marketplace or wherever they go in life, yep. right? To help them, you know, flourish, but help others flourish because yep. your gift is, it's a gift for you, for others. Yep. And sometimes we forget that, right? We forget that we're gifted 
and blessed to be a blessing, right? Yeah. So just finding out and understanding who you are in him, right? And understanding the platform he gives you. This is what I mean. A while ago in prayer, uh, God helped me understand that the key isn't to chase a platform. Yep. The key is to embrace your platform. Mm -hmm. So it's not to chase something around to find something to do. I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to do this. Look what they're doing. No. Chill. <laughs> Seek God. Yeah. What are your gifts and your abilities? What are, what are the things God has wired you to do? What are your passions? What are yeah. things that God has put in your heart that you say, I, I have a burden for that situation? Yep. Homeless individuals or orphans yep. or uh, missionaries or single mothers, whatever the case may be, men, whatever the case may be. How does how has God wired you there? Yeah. And how can you see God utilizing you there and embrace that platform? Utilize that utilize that measure as a, in a sense to help you walk out the purposes of God right um, you might have said this already but scripture says uh, we are God's workmanship created yep. in Christ Jesus for good yep. works yep. Um, that he created beforehand uh, you might have quoted that I don't know uh, not yet but I was about to oh so sorry I stealing my thunder it. no it's good it's <laughs> good sorry. yeah but uh yeah just he created us for good works that he prepared beforehand that we should yep. walk in yep um that's beautiful for multiple multiple reasons. One, it shows us that our lives and our not just our life, but what we do in life is not an afterthought. Yeah, God sees us before yep. the foundation of the world. He knows us. He chose us, and He Prepared gave us stuff for to do in advance. In advance, right? Um, think of think of having a child, and you, and your wife's pregnant, and you know, like, I gotta prepare. Yeah, yeah. And you prepare in advance. Yep. Some people prepare. Before the, the pregnancy, they, they, they're married. They know yeah. they're going to have kids one day. So yeah. they got money set aside. They got yeah. stuff already. They didn't got the room set up yeah. for something they're going to do in a year. Right. Yeah. God, imagine God doing that from eternity past. Right. Just yeah. and that's encouraging yeah. to know that, God, my life's not an afterthought. Yeah. My giftings are the afterthought. Yeah. How I'm wired is not an afterthought. Yeah. And we want to utilize that for God's glory because there are a lot of people who are gifted. And unfortunately, they utilize that gift for other purposes. Yep. So we look at somebody in the world doing something. They're so perfect. I'm not perfect. They're so talented, I mean, right. at what they do. Yep. And guess what? That talent, that gift, that ability came from God. Yep. Praise God for that. Unfortunately, they're deciding, they've decided to utilize it for a purpose outside of his. Yep. Yep. God wants you to utilize it for his purposes, which can bless the church and the world, yep. um, which shows the world who you got it from, yep. which is what ultimately all of our gifting should do, point us, point everybody back to him. So yep. I just want to understand God and understand that God, yep. how you've created me was not an afterthought and how you mm -hmm. wired me is it can be utilized in such yeah. a way to bless the church and others. Yep. So, yeah, I think it's the, the message translation that, that talks about, uh, you know, he, he has this work for you to do, a work you had better be doing. Better I think be is the doing. Eugene Peterson uh, yeah. paraphrase of that. And I've always loved that. That is probably one of my favorite uh, paraphrases, right? That that moment of just yeah. not only has God prepared a work for you, but it's a work that you, you should be doing. Like, yeah. you, you better be doing this thing. And yeah. so, yeah, only thing I would add is, or, or just kind of clarify with it is, like, if – and this is actually my son said this. Uh, okay. It's funny. So uh, the verse you quoted is actually our family's verse. Mm -hmm. uh, and so when we were in Japan, uh, I was like, Jaden, we're doing a worship night. I want you to share uh, a scripture to encourage the church. Like this is not evangelistic. We're not trying to bring in the same. This is just church folk. Mm -hmm. I want you to share something. He was terrified because my, <laughs> my son's very introverted, very shy. Mm -hmm. uh, but He's I know powerful, it's good though. for him. He's so powerful. I was, I was kind of pushing him, <laughs> pushing him in that. 
And so he shared his family verse mm -hmm. uh, and his man, it was like 15 seconds worth of sharing. It was like, way to go, Jaden. That was, that was all he could That's handle. That's all you need, though. But man, it was, it was powerful because he basically, he said, you know, uh, we're created by God for, for good works. Uh, nice. And he said, um, you know, the only two things that you need to know is you need to figure out what it is and then you need to do it. There you right? go. And so that's the same advice I would give anybody. Like God has a purpose for you. Your first job is to figure out what that is. Right. And it's mm -hmm. going to tie into declaring his awesomeness to the world. Like everybody's purpose is the same. We mm -hmm. all, that's our, our job. What does that look like? Because for me, that looks like me being on a stage talking to a yeah. crowd of people. Other people, they'll never set foot on a stage. Right. But what, what does it look like? How do, how do you use the, the giftings that you've been given to accomplish this purpose? So yeah. you need to figure out what it is that you're supposed to do or yeah. the how you're supposed to do it. And then you got to do it. And so like uh, we do growth track here at CLC to help people discover their purpose. But really, it wraps up in five things. Uh, we stole this from uh, Rick Warren, I think. It's, uh, it's called Shape. Okay. Uh, so it's your uh, spiritual gifts, mm -hmm. uh, your heart, your abilities, your uh, passions, uh, and your experiences. Nice. Uh, not passions, personality. Sorry. Okay. Um, so yeah, spiritual gifts. How, is, how has God wired you? There, every one of us have a spiritual gift, right? What is yours? Um, the heart. What, what, are you, what are you just passionate about? The thing mm -hmm. that you love. You know, you kind of talked about it. Like, is your heart kind of every time you see a homeless person, your heart just breaks. You right. know, sometimes we talk about it as like, what's the problem in the world that that hurts you the most? Right. Like, I know some people it's like every time they, they meet somebody that's a single mom, it's just like, man, their heart breaks. They, like, they just got this passion to, to help. Mm -hmm. um, I've got others. It's like the homeless crisis. We, we got people at the church. It's veterans where it's like, man, it's just there's this group of people that are neglected. You know, they serve this country and then they come back home and they're battling mental health uh, challenges and homelessness and all kinds of stuff. And so we just want to care for them. So what's the problem in the world that you just you your heart breaks when you hear about it? Orphans, uh, you know, women in need, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, what, whatever it is. Uh, what are your abilities? Like, what, what are the things that you're actually good at? Right. right? It's like, uh, you know, I can love worship, but I do not have ability to be on the stage as part of the worship team. Right. That's so right. like if you're trying to figure out what you're supposed to do in life, you need to you need to match your ability mm -hmm. uh, to it. Like if, if I was like, man, I got a passion for fixing cars. That ain't a good place for me because I ain't got no ability <laughs> for yeah. fixing cars. Right. Um, so figure out what your abilities are your personality how has god wired you as a person like are you introverted are you extroverted are you big picture are you details are you people focused are you task focused like what what's your personality uh and then what's your experiences and and that can be both good and bad that could be your education that could be trauma that you've gone through what what are, what are the experiences that you have that, that lead you to be able to do something others can't do right and so it's those five things the two on there that you might have a hard time answering for yourself is your uh, spiritual gifts and your personality. Mm -hmm. So in growth track, we give you those two tests. Mm -hmm. The other three, you got to tell us, right? Right? Like you only, only, you know, your ability, only, you know, your experience, only, you know, your heart, right? right? So you got to figure those things out. We'll help you with the other two. Uh, but it's those three that really, really it's, it's what you bring to the table. Uh, and so put those five things together and that's how God has shaped you which means that your purpose is going to be, uh, what is it? The convergence of those five things where yeah. something that those five lines cross together. And it's like, that's what I'm supposed to be doing nice. with my life. Yeah. Um, so we figure out what the thing is that God created us to do. And then we do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, right. I don't think it has to get more complicated than that. Like Amen. it's, it's simple. Right. God created you for a reason, 
figure out what it is, mm-hmm. and then do it. Amen. I agree. That's it. All right. So that was our our guide. Mm-hmm. Our uh, you know living out your faith is what is. you do. You love God, love people. Uh, you don't just say it; you show it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when there's external opposition, you defend it. Amen. When there's internal opposition, remember Jesus is better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and living out your faith means doing what God created you to do. General epistles, boom, boom, gives you a guide. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, that was very. Uh, yeah, I've never seen it laid out in that format, but uh, I appreciate it. Like that's, it, it brings it all to light, and it makes it even more. I don't want to say easier to apply, but easier to remember. Yeah, yeah. I put it like that: easier to remember um, in a systematic way yeah. that you can start working on and start yeah. walking out, being intentional about yeah. walking it out. So, and the yeah. reality is, I mean, Hebrews says so much more than that. Of course, John says so much more than that. Peter says so much more yeah. than that. Jude pretty much just says that. Right. Like Jude is so short that yeah. there's a little bit more. Jude's doxology, though, you got to read Jude 24 and 25. I think it is that mm-hmm. doxology is beautiful. Um, but what you picked up on is the melody of each pass yeah, of each book. Yeah. Um, term called the you know the melodic line, like the melody of the pass right. of each book. What's the flow? Yeah. If, of course, every book says other things, yeah. but what's the general yeah. what, overarching what meaning? Yeah, yeah, the flow, and you and that's what you picked out, yeah. and you've you've been able to pinpoint that pretty well. Yeah. So yeah, that's all right. So then now yeah, now it's just up to us to do it. It's up to right. us to do it. If this is if this is the plan, if this is what it means to be a follower of Jesus, then we need to kind of evaluate. Okay, which am I doing that? Right. right? If if because we broke it down five things. Right? Am I doing these five things? Mm-hmm. If I'm not, mm-hmm. I should probably start. Mm-hmm. All right. Or yeah. maybe if there's an area where I'm I'm really strong in these four, mm-hmm. but this fifth one I'm really weak in. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm really great at loving God, but man, I, I don't know how well I've been loving people lately. I've been great at saying it. I just don't know that I've been showing it. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, maybe it's every time there's opposition to my faith, I, I give up or I start getting swayed and I'm I'm doubting myself and I'm doubting what I believe. You know, maybe it's time for you to get a little more solid in, in what you believe. But yeah. I think there's something for all of us to take from this and put into practice. And, and, and one thing on an encouraging note I want to do, it's all encouraging, but I also want want us to remember the fact that uh, God is the one who gives us the ability to yep. do any of this yep because sometimes we can walk away thinking more for me to do <laughs> oh i gotta try to do this yeah. it is god who works in us the yeah. scripture says both to will and to work for his good pleasure yep. he gives us the will the desire and the work the ability yeah. to do the things that please him yep. he works in us so when we submit to him and simply follow his leading and let him work in us it becomes much more easier yep. to obey God because God is working in us, giving us the ability to obey him. So that's, awesome. that's encouraging right there to me. I love so. it. Amen. Well, David, thanks for hanging out, man. This is a of good course, conversation. We'll it. have to do it again sometime. Yes, sir. But, uh, yeah, hope you got something out of this as well. And we will see you next episode. We're talking, man, it's a, ooh. We're talking about the book of Revelation next time. Oh, goodness. Oh, I'm glad you got me here today. (laughs) Oh, goodness. So we'll see you uh, as we talk end times next week. It's going to be great. See you there.